Why does a wealthy country like Australia allow its unemployed workers to struggle in poverty without trying to create jobs? You may well ask. Unemployed Workers Fight Back is the Australian Unemployed Workers Union program, part of the sewer program on every second Friday of the month, 5.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. Our social security system is being defunded, privatised and dismantled and the poor and vulnerable are being criminalised and trampled upon. The Australian Unemployed Workers Union is focused on helping unemployed and underemployed workers deal effectively with the job agencies, empowering them to fight back for their rights. Remember, Unemployed Workers Fight Back every second Friday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR Community. So you're with Valerie Farfalla and Unemployed Workers Fight Back and I have uh, with me my partner in crime, Trish Posterino. Hi, Trish. Oh, good. good. How are you? I'm good. I mean, it's so important that we're raising funds for Radiothon for the sewer program. Um, But also, um, I want to talk about a terrific rally we went to a couple of weeks ago. Bring Banks Your Budget Survey. Mm. So remember Julia Banks, LNP. she was uh, saying that she could survive on forty dollars a, a day. How ridiculous! When we brought it down, we realised it was about seventeen dollars a day. Mm. But um, I, I wrote her a letter, among many other people, saying, um, "Well, is this pocket money? Mm. I mean, you're really thinking about forty dollars a day? Do you know how much rents are? Three to four hundred dollars a week." And um, yes, well, there's a lot of envelopes, isn't there? If you were doing your budget and you're putting this this bit of money and this and that and this, um, you would have, the, you know, Australia Post <laughs> sort of uh, letter drops there. You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, it's it's so ludicrous. Looks about 268 a week, new start, and mm. even John Howard's calling for an increase. Mm. And yet isn't it interesting that neither Liberal nor Labor and even the Greens, they're not talking about new start. No. They're talking about, oh, isn't that good? We didn't get quite enough money for our basic... Uh, wage increases, but what about the people on Newstart? Indeed. Uh, um, there, yeah, there's no real voice, is there? I mean, it's it's getting to the point of um, we yeah, totally understand um, the homelessness of people and why they have to be homeless because they can't afford to pay rent and then eat. It's one or the other goes. It's just, mm. you know. And people with families, you know, now that um, before retirement age... You know, it's very hard to get jobs even in your 50s, let alone your 60s. Oh, yeah. But these people before retirement age, if they're renting uh, and they're forced to go on Newstart because they don't have any savings or perhaps they've used their savings up, mm. how do they cope? Live in their cars. Well, exactly. I mean, where will they sleep? You wrote a song about it, didn't you? Yes, Where Will You Sleep Tonight? And it really is poignant to what we're talking about. Society is not, you know... Um, looking after or or even considering really the have-nots at all. And then they're blaming them as individuals um, for their own plight. And everybody knows there aren't enough jobs. I think one in 15, um, there's, there's one job for every 15 applicants. Yeah. And when it comes to older people and very young people too, I mean, I really feel sorry for them. 
well, it's the policies of the day, and it's not it's not conducive with um, humanity. It's it's we're we're not little robots. We're not little machines. We we have our our humanness has been degraded day by day. We you know wheeled away, isn't it really? Yeah. No, it's really awful. So when we went to the the bank's rally, we went up outside her office, banged on the door, and um, we said. Now, Julia Banks, we want to present these letters uh, asking how you would budget on $40 a day. But we knocked Was she out to lunch? She wasn't there and nobody came to the door. Mm. Um, it was covered in The Guardian Australia, which is really good. Mm. But uh, I think we're going to have another one because we really need to talk to her. And if she's so good at budgeting $40 a day... Perhaps she can help us. Indeed. Yes, she could be your financial advisor for all those people who are, who really are doing it so tough that, um, yeah, it's almost, uh, um, yes, it's it's got to the point of ridiculous, but it's I'm all right, Jack type of thing, isn't it? And, you know, the, the little ants can find their own way home. It's so ruthless, really, um, the way we're living today in Australia and... We can't trust the pollies or the banks. Um, and some of these people are just really surviving. Um, they can't get the disability pension. It's so hard to get. And I'm not whinging. I, I'm, I'm just feeling... No, you're highlighting, really, the other side of the coin. You know, like the, that little coin that's shrinking very quickly. And um, we, we've just lost our... Again, we've just lost our, our, any perception or understanding of what people have to go through um, on on new start, you know. So what do you think we can do about it? Uh, well, I think that's something that maybe we need to um, put to um, the politicians and say to them, like you said, how about you, you know, where they have uh, CEOs sleeping out with the homeless? I think maybe Polly's need to actually... You know, given that they have to pay rent, food, um, all the other things that for survival, um, maybe they need to actually live uh, for a week on on this. You know, um, what I would say um, it's an aberration, aberration, isn't it? It's really there's no there's nothing there's no real survival on this. I mean, we're we're talking about survival here, and it's not even surviving. It's not even survival, but the thing is, they don't care. And that's what worries me. And we asked Julia to put her money where her mouth is and actually show us that she could do this. Mm. But she's not even worried. Mm. She's sitting there in Parliament. You can see her on TV. Nothing's affecting her. Mm. Um, so how do we make it affect these pollies? What I'm surprised about, Trish, is that um, they don't seem to care that they'll lose the young person's vote. I know. Well, that's the whole thing, isn't it? This is what it's about. It's the vote. And who, um, you know, who do I fight for? Um, I certainly don't fight for the downtrodden. And that's where uh, the the politicians have lost their cred completely because... Well, Labor too. Because they're fighting... I said politicians. You know, it's it's either side. I mean, it's tragic. Um, And... There's some parties and independents that may have go in there thinking, well, I'm going to stand up for this very demographic. And before, not, before too long, they're doing deals with the, 
the the other part, you know, the the mainstream parties. Mm. And I think that's where it's all wrong because they haven't got independence. Now you're going to hear a great song from Trish Posterino of Reds Under the Bed, Jumping Through Hoops, and later you will hear her sing a song I wrote called We Need a Pair of Undies from Down Under. That'll be later in the program, talking about manufacturing in Australia and how we need to have more jobs and we can create them. We don't need to send them OS. Thanks. Well, of course, jumping through hoops, we all know about that, don't we? If we're on Centrelink or whatever, we know that we have to sign all the right forms. We have to dance the tune of the the so-called bureaucrats and whatever else. I call them bureaucrats. <laughs> you allowed to say that on public radio? <laughs> I don't know, but this one is about jumping through hoops. <laughs> Jumping through hoops, lots of circus, but the worst of it, public destruction. I'm homeless, left angling, I need a bankroll. Tick all your boxes, sign the forms where I'm told. Keep dancing your tune, all the power you hold, I'm sick of jumping. Jumping through hoops, jumping, jumping through hoops, jumping, jumping, jumping through hoops. Run, run, run round, looking for a shack. Developers do nothing to get that monkey off my back. Vertical welfare, landlord and tax, and negative gearing. Has us jumping through, jumping, jumping through hoops. A load of sawdust While the clowns run the show It's curtains for us Stop walking a tightrope On our public trust No more jumping No jumping through hoops Jumping, jumping through hoops Jumping, jumping, jumping through hoops Folks need a haven Private contracts are fast not very social, it's a big business mask. Developers make money, licking political, ask me something different. But no more jumping through hoops. Jumping, jumping through hoops. Jumping, jumping, jumping through hoops. Public housing is needed, it has to be seen. Long term, not temporary, low cost and clean. A home for the have-nots, not fat cats with cream. We need security. Yeah, not jumping through hoops. Jumping, jumping through hoops. Jumping, jumping, jumping through hoops. Jumping through hoops, getting further into debt. We all need a roof over our little nest. Public housing for the people, a lifetime safety net. Jumping through hoops, jumping, jumping through hoops, jumping, jumping, jumping through hoops, jumping, jumping, jumping through hoops, jumping. Reds under the bed.
pass. I'm Valerie Farfeller on Unemployed Workers Fight Back, and I'm speaking to Jerry Creaney, and he's from the Pensioners, Veterans and Seniors Party for All Australians, the PVS Party. G'day, Jerry. How are you? Good morning, Valerie. How are you? I'm good. Now, this is a new party, and uh, I've just been reading everything about it, and you say you believe our country's most vulnerable citizens deserve much better government than they've been getting. Um, can you explain why we need better government, what we need to do to improve it for seniors, pensioners and veterans? Well, this is a new grassroots political party. Uh, it was started by a lady in far north New South Wales by the name of Margaret Chifley. And we have a policy, um, what we'd like to do is first to reinstate the pension age to uh, 65 years. We'd also like to make sure that pensioners, uh, DSP recipients, have a livable pension, not, not um, uh, a pension decided by some politician, but a pension based on what is required to have a reasonable lifestyle in retirement. Well, it's a right, um, isn't it? Because we've paid our taxes and we've earned it. And it's not a welfare payment, it's an entitlement. Absolutely. It is, it is an entitlement, but it's not a welfare payment. And as you so rightly stated, we have paid our taxes. Uh, that is in the Constitution that we are entitled to. Sorry about this noise. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a noisy location here. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of an emergency. That's awful. But it's an yeah. emergency for aged care people too, as you said. Oh, absolutely. Look, um, on uh, January 2017... Um, over 400,000 aged pensioners lost uh, some of their pension, and at least 100,000 lost all of their pension. Um, but that is only the tip of the iceberg as far as a livable pension goes for pensioners, veterans, and our seniors. You know, the, the, the cost of gas and electricity. Uh, my mother, who has now passed away, at 94 years, mm. she said in her, uh, her townhouse, apartment townhouse, uh, afraid to turn on gas heating in the winter. Oh, goodness. Um, uh, because of the exorbitant costs of um, gas and electricity. Mm. And Australia is, I think, the second highest uh, producer of natural gas in the world, and I think the, first, the largest exporter of natural gas in the world. And yet we pay world parity pricing for natural gas. Um, so that, that is completely wrong. Yes. Um, as far as our veterans are concerned, the, um, the Veterans Affairs Department have three mantras, deny, deny, and die. So the, the, way, the, the way we treat our, our veterans is absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. Um, well, I think it is too. And you're, you're talking about our quality of life, dignity. It's all been seriously degraded by the imposition absolutely. of punitive legislation. It's the same with um, unemployed workers, you know. Terribly punitive absolutely. legislation. What are they it trying is. to do? Just to cut costs. Exactly. Well, when you consider, um, like, the, the government spending on uh, defence 
they've, they've ordered 12 new uh, Barracuda-class submarines, $50 billion. Yeah. Now, they don't even, the government doesn't even have a final cost for these submarines. The $17 billion for the Joint Strike Fighter, which has been, as claimed by United States Air Force fighter pilots to be the worst aircraft that's ever been built. Um, now they're going to buy um, the uh, drones, the Reaper drones. Uh, that's $300 million. So it makes you wonder why, um, well, it, it probably becomes obvious as to why they can't afford to people pay, pay people pensions. Um, and Australia now ranks second in the world for uh, pensioners living in poverty. It's yes. um, North Korea is above us as, as to how they um, look after the aged pensioners. And uh, our pensioners des deserve a dignified retirement with a livable pension. They certainly do. Uh, and when you think about it, it's damn hard to get a job over 50, let alone over 60. So it's oh, absolutely, one yeah. rule for the rich and one for the poor, isn't it? Now somehow I've, the people without a job go on new start or they eventually get old enough to have a pension. And the way that the LNP deals with that is, well, they've almost lumped everyone in with the undeserving poor, something from the 19th century. Um, and this is the way they view people. It's all in terms yeah, absolutely, of absolutely, yeah. All in terms yeah. of bean counting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, the the, uh, the politicians they retire, uh, well, actually, whenever they wish, on a full pension. Yeah. Um, not so, the sort of pension that we're talking about. Not an age pension. No, no, absolutely not. No, no. Um, the pension that the average pensioner is on is well below the poverty line. Yeah. Um, Australia spends. 3.5 percent of, uh, of its national income on pensions. The average over the OECD countries is seven percent. It's double. Yeah. So that's um, that's what they've done. Now the you know the the baby boomers, the immigrants from Central Europe, the British Isles in the 50s and 60s. These are the people who actually set this country up and made it. Pretty much what it is today. Yeah. Now, exactly. when they're now, now when they're retiring, they've suddenly decided, well, okay, we'll get the pensioners to support the government and bail them out of the financial mess that they've made. Um, so that's just—it's actually criminal. Um, Not only that, it just seems a bit a bit dense of the government to think that they're going to get support from pensioners by treating them in this way, that they would vote for them. It seems very unlikely. Uh, when you've got rents in Melbourne and Sydney, if people don't own their own homes, uh, the rents are going to be very prohibitive for them. Uh, rents are a national disgrace on the, um, for people who don't own their own homes. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is a tra travesty of justice, that. So, so one of your, um, you've got three sort of um, goals, haven't you? Can you tell us about the main goals and how people can get involved? Because you aim to be, uh, be putting um, 
applicants up for positions in government, don't you? Well, we intend to stand um, for the Senate and the House of Representatives, yeah. at both state and federal level. Yeah. Um, so our basic policies, we would like to reinstate the, the age pension to what it was originally and what it should remain at, which is 65 years, yeah. um, and provide a livable pension. Yes. Uh, I guess that's the key word. Yeah. Um, guarantee, well, you know, the Pensioners of Veterans and Seniors Party you will find is unlike any other party that's around at the moment. I think the only thing that comes to mind which is similar would be a true democratic uh, government like, say, Switzerland, for instance, where the people actually have a say in what happens in the country. Here we have no say whatsoever. We vote for a party, and when they are elected, they do whatever the hell they like, right? And the uh, citizens of this country have virtually no say in what, what goes on. So it's not linked it's with um, any... Not, it's politically unaligned. It's a centrist organisation. It's not linked with groups um, such as citizens, um, some of the nationalist groups, is it? PBS? No, no, this is a, it's a brand-new party. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't have affiliation with any other party uh, in the country. Yeah. And um, if, um, if you read the Constitution there, we tried to be as inclusive as possible, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and our members will dictate the policy, and we, we will, we will um, speak to our members to ensure that they are, we are... We are um, Following their requests, you know, like uh, we, we, we want to be uh, as inclusive as possible with our members. It's not going to be um, if we, we get elected, bye-bye members. We will just do whatever the hell we like, right? Yes. We will be speaking to them, finding out what their concerns are, and doing everything we can to help them. I know you also plan to, as one of your goals, is to review entitlements eligibility of all ADF veterans and veterans from all our frontline services. Uh, also develop and implement a policy to address homelessness, public housing and rental issues for all, but with a focus on seniors. And you want to yes. ensure the National Disability Insurance Scheme remains adequately funded. They're very, Absolutely. very yeah. good goals in line with um, most of the... Um, activist social justice groups around the country at the moment. And, um, oh, look, the, it's yeah, good. Very sorry. good. Yep. Uh, the, um, I think these, these points are the sort of the basis for uh, what would normally be considered a decent society um, where there's, um, you know, uh, a fair goal for, for everyone, um, whether you're an age pensioner a senior citizen or a, a defence force um, veteran. Uh, th th these are basic human rights which really need to be adhered to at all costs, and they're co been, being completely ignored by this government. Yeah. Um, and and um, when do you... You're already up and away. You've got your constitution all done. So how long have you been going? Well... Margaret started this about uh, two years ago. Yeah. And um, we initially started with a Facebook page. Yes. Where we have uh, several thousand members on the Facebook page. Right. Um, and that is our main 
means of communication at the moment. Um, and we're in the process of uh, completing uh, the required numbers of people to register the party, but we're not there yet, Valerie. No. Um, so we're really trying to spread the word um, to as many people as we can. Um, and I think your mission statement—the mission statement—is sort of we listen, we act, we care. So that's exactly. very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that is exactly what we intend to do. So anyone um, who's interested, Jerry, can contact info at pvsparty.org or that's correct, yeah. write to PVS Party, P.O. Box 3200, Wollong Bar, that's W-O-L-L-O-N-G-B-A-R, New South Wales, 2477. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Uh, and um, one of our committee members will... Um, Take care of them. All right. Uh, and if, if you go to the fa- Facebook page, Pensioners, yeah. Veterans and Seniors, if you Google that, yes. uh, you can also be guided to our website where you can actually join the party. Fabulous. It is free to join. Yeah. Because um, the, um, the membership fee has been sponsored at the moment by Margaret. Yeah. Um, and you know, Margaret doesn't have a lot of money. She's doing this, you know, probably under a lot of hardship to try and get this, um, get some justice back into the system. Yeah. All right. Well, look, Jerry Creaney, what, what's your title there, by the way? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm, I'm acting administrator on the web, on the, um, on the Facebook page, and I'm uh, a committee member, uh, executive committee member for the party. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to Unemployed Workers Fight Back on the sewer program at 3CR Community Radio. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much, Valerie. Pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye, then. Bye-bye. No. Welcome, Paz Forgioni, coordinator of the Anti-Poverty Network South Australia, to talk about the new, brilliant South Australian choir, It's Time. It's time to begin Yes, it's time Time for changing Not deck cherry arranging It's time to begin Yes, it's time Time for proving Not slick maneuvering It's time to hear Yes, it's time
Thanks very much. Tell me what you've been up to. I was so excited to get uh, get uh, the info on that choir. Now, is it called Anti-Poverty SA Choir? Um, well, we've been calling it the New Start Choir, actually. Um, I mean, not that everyone in the choir is on New Start, of course. In fact, it's a really interesting mix of uh, uh, people. But, yeah, we call it either the New Start Choir or the uh, the It's Time Choir. It's sensational. There are about 60 people and some fabulous singers, and you've all come together. Can you tell us about this choir? And now you've made a video, I understand, as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, you know, I've always thought that uh, music is a very powerful tool for uh, for social change. And and as you know, um, for as long as the anti-poverty network has existed, which is almost five years now, you know, Campaigning for a raise to New Start has always been uh, one of our top priorities. Um, and over the last six to twelve months, I think all of us who've been active in this area have noticed a really significant shift in terms of of community sentiment, in terms of the uh, number of the new voices that are coming out in support of a raise. Um, oh yes, we've well, so been we to recently... the councils, and you've done them over, and now you've got a big focus right. in, in Port Adelaide with all these wonderful community choirs that have come together behind you. Is that right? That's right. So we um, we launched um, the It's Time campaign recently, and, <laughs> uh, and uh, like for us, that was really uh, unlike exactly how we felt. Like It really does feel like everything's um, finally coming together after years and years of struggle. You know, we've got... Um, Tremendous um, support for a raise and to new start from so many different sectors of society, from the union movement, from the welfare sector, from local councils all over the country, particularly here in South Australia, where we've got like 11 of them that have joined the campaign. Much of the business community um, supports a raise, even even former Prime Minister John Howard. So it really does feel like it's time. And then that got us some thinking. Well, actually, that's that sounds like a theme song to the campaign. And we mm, thought, oh, yeah, what a great idea yes. it would be. That's right. That's right. What would Whitlam do? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we, um, so we thought, why don't we have a shot at reworking Labour's um, the classic jingle from the 1972 election campaign. So we got a team together to, mm-hmm. to rework the lyrics. And, and it was a wonderful um, community project. Multiple mm. choirs from um, from Port Adelaide, which is a long history of, of of political activism, all coming together. Plus, I should say, you know, many members of the anti-poverty network, um, unemployed people, and pensioners, and carers, and single mums. I'd like to join the choir, and you know, we're um, we're absolutely delighted with the finished product. You know, oh, I mean, it's both a fantastic. moving and... piece of music, and also I think it. it it really does have the potential to um, um, to be um, to go viral and really become like the anthem, um, like for everyone in Australia who's um, who's campaigning for an increase in to new start because it really does capture how we feel. You know, 24 years um, without a raise, 160 bucks a week below the poverty line. Of and course, what are you it's aiming time. for? And, and, how and much? It's been time for a you, long time. How much do you want it to increase by? Well, I mean, I mean, it really should go up the poverty line. I mean, let's make it clear that yeah. you know there's nothing special about living on the poverty line. I mean, that's still a very like austere and yeah. basic standard of living. So, like as far as we're concerned, I mean, I know the 
the um, the standard demand from um, from much of the welfare sector is for a seventy five per week increase, and that would that would be a good start. But I think we have to like appreciate just how low unemployment payments are in this country. That it would take a one hundred sixty per week increase to raise New Start um, to the lowest of the poverty lines, and you know different organisations use. Um, use different poverty lines. I know, for example, that the Unemployed Workers Union used, um, used the Henderson poverty line and to raise new start to the Henderson poverty line, which is only about 520 bucks a week, you know, like, again, pretty modest, you would basically have to double the dole. So, I mean, I think, like, in terms of the level of increase, you know, I mean, as big as possible, really. Um, and I don't think we should feel like... Um, 75 a week is is like anywhere near an ambitious um, or unreasonable demand. Um, far from it. I, I mean, the problem we have at the moment is that, you know, we have one side of politics, the coalition that wants to make New Start even lower by by scrapping the clean energy supplement. Mm. And then we, we have the other side of politics, the Labour Party, who still haven't actually committed I know. to raising a, New Start. Their position outrageous? is simply no more than... Yeah, well... Their position is the same position they've had for several years now. It's the position they took to the last federal election, which is that if we win office, we will review it. And that's not really much of a promise at all. That's, that's, uh, I mean, as far as we're concerned, that's, that's a very weak and, and, uh, and cowardly commitment. What it they're is. basically telling us is, you know, we can't promise you anything, but um, trust us, and when we get into office... We will look at it and, you know, we might do the right thing, but we can't promise it either. And, I mean, what, and what is the Labour Party scared of? I mean, you know, there is... According to the ABS, due to the tightening of eligible, sorry, eligibility requirements, only 30, 36% of unemployed people receive the dole now. So given that the, the government's been so punitive, it has scared people off even claiming the dole... They're just winding back payments. They're not going to put it up. It doesn't sound like they have any intention of putting it up, do you think? Um, the um, the, the government. federal government? Mm. The federal no, no, government. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's impossible. I, well, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, the, the coalition are like ever doing this, despite the fact that much of its own side of politics is calling for a raise to new start, you know, for various reasons. You know, you've got the Business Council of Australia and the Council of Small Business and the Australian Industry Group that all support an increase yeah, to new start. Right. Perhaps for their own reasons, you know, perhaps, mm. perhaps on economic grounds, because they recognise that, you know, people are too poor to be able to, to buy their products, so they're not going to generate as much profit as they otherwise would have liked to. So, well, that's true. I, I can't too. ever imagine the I can't ever imagine the Turnbull government or even a future Liberal government are raising the rates of New Start, which is why we've we've obviously focused on the Labour Party. You know, well, the, the Greens? opposition. What, what's the Greens' view? Well, the uh, the Greens them support a raise them to New Start. I mean, they have for a long time. They're um, they're pushing for a seventy five per week increase, which again is is a good start. Um, but I don't think any of us um, should consider that um, sufficient. And I, I don't know when we ask unemployed people about a 75 per week increase, they say, "Well, it would help a little bit," but you know they're so um, yeah. they're struggling so much with housing costs, with energy 
costs and often having to go into debt to survive that a 75 per week increase isn't really enough. But yeah, yeah, so the Greens are on side, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they've been for as long as I can remember uh, because it's, it's such a no-brainer. I mean, I mean, I think it just takes a very brief look at just how low the payment is to realise that there's something really, really wrong here. Yeah. Paz, in The Age today, there's a good article uh, entitled Heed Battlers or Risk Backlash, PM Advisor. And it says economically marginalised communities must be taken seriously or Australia will face a political backlash that threatens the established economic order, one of the PM's top advisers has warned. And um, they say the market's failing to come up with solutions to inequality and that government must be prepared to deliver policy solutions. That means that uh, the advisor needs to be taken seriously. So we're wondering if um, if this will, if in order to get in power, you'll make some concessions, but they'll probably be quite minor, I would think. Because, yeah, uh, like I would have um, mm, thought so. Yeah. And it's a bit too late to wake up to this now. I mean, you know, we've had, you know, we've had decades of rising inequality and rising unemployment and underemployment and, you know, of a welfare system that has gotten more and more punitive and strict and judgmental and yes. wave after wave of attacks on workers' rights. And now they realise that there's a potential for a, um, for a significant political backlash. Uh, I mean, I do find that like a little... Like a little amusing, I submit. It wouldn't be for the interests of equality and and care, it would it? It would have to be a political reason. But yeah, I mean, look That's at the right. um, blue collared manufacturing workers too. There's they've all been left behind. So um, I think uh, let's hope that the government will heed the advice or risk the backlash. And let's make well, the, let's let's start the backlash with this wonderful video. Um, yeah, well, I suspect they won't time. need the advice. So I think it's up to us um, to keep to keep building the backlash as we've yes. done over the last few years. I think it's Definitely. really like exciting to see the growth in grassroots groups organising people on censoring payments who've been ignored for so long, who've um, like who've basically been taken for granted uh, by pretty much everyone. You know, the, the Labour Party doesn't worry about unemployed people or single parents or disability pensioners because mm. they assume that they'll all vote Labour and so you don't have to pander to them. And the coalition doesn't worry about these groups of people either, A, for ideological reasons, and B, because you know they aren't going to vote for the coalition anyway, so why not stick the boots into them? Now, Paz, on a personal level, uh, you've been the coordinator of um, APN South Australia for quite a few years and you've a great community development worker too so um, I understand you're standing down for that position later in the year what are your plans are you going to continue to be with the APN anti-poverty oh, network South Australia yeah yeah good like in some capacity I mean I wanted to uh, step down um, before I was feeling burned out yeah you know, you've worked so I think hard. it's always best you know to go out on a high and to go out with enough energy, you know, to be able to mentor and um, train your successes. But I'm, uh, I'm going to remain heavily involved um, with the group. I've got a deep respect for all of our volunteers who, you know, despite often struggling themselves on a 
on a personal and financial level, put so much time and energy into our campaigns, into yeah. our various suburban branches across Adelaide, into uh, into our advocacy service, you know, just like the Unemployed Workers Union. You know, yeah. we accompany people to Centrelinks and job agencies and you know, try to make sure their rights are, are respected. Um, so I'm saying to stay involved with this because I think this is a vital work and I feel like we're at the uh, at the start of a very long journey in terms of, you know, not only transforming um, the welfare system but but um, transforming our society. It, it sort of feels like uh, maybe the end of the beginning but um, um, there's a long way to go for all of us and, you know, I'm like, no doubt we have to keep fighting even under a even under a Labour government, uh, we can't take anything for granted. You know, there's no guarantee that um, like any of the things that we want um, to happen to the welfare system will happen. In fact, you know, quite the uh, quite the contrary on a number of issues. You know, there are there are reasons to be concerned that a Labour government will only be marginally better than a um, than a Turnbull government. Oh. Down under, what do we need? I need to feel the fuzzy out. 
Valerie Farfalla from the Australian Unemployed Workers Union and you're with Unemployed Workers Fight Back. We've had a lovely morning, haven't we, just listening to the It's Time Choir with uh, Paz Forgioni from the Anti-Poverty Network South Australia. And now we're going to look at what we've been doing at the Unemployed Workers Union in Victoria. Well, there's been a big campaign this week, Dump Your Demerit Points. We had an info session here four o'clock on Monday at the Victorian Trades Hall. And it was set off by a really good article by our, our media officer, Jeremy Poxon in The Guardian, who reminded people that privately owned job agencies can now cut someone off Newstart with no review from Centrelink. Uh, what is this? A dictatorship. Uh, and I'll just read from his article. He said... Um, All across the country, unemployed Australians are today bracing themselves for more stress and suffering as the coalition unleashes its new needlessly cruel benefit sanctions regime. Starting 1st of July, the Turnbull government's granting job agencies new unprecedented powers to punish New START recipients for failing to comply with gruelling compliance demands. Under this new demerit point system, agencies will now impose payment suspensions if they believe job seekers are behaving inappropriately or failing to attend appointments and activities like work for the doll, without a reasonable excuse. Alarmingly, job seekers currently battling drug or alcohol-related illnesses are now no longer reasonably exempt from activities nor safe from financial punishment. Till the 1st of July 2018, Centrelink had been able to return any job agency penalties if it deemed that they were unfair or would lead to extreme poverty, but it will lose much of this power now. Job agencies will be able to punish their unemployed clients without government regulation or oversight. That means unemployed workers will lose significant powers of appeal. They'll have to passively accept many of the decisions ordered against them. In short, Jeremy writes, privately owned job agencies, many of which are for-profit private companies, will wield unlimited, unchecked power over the unemployed. So uh, this is part of our Dump Your Demerits um, protest group, which we've put out a a terrific brochure informing people of their rights to complain and appeal against this terrible regime. So uh, under the system, unemployed workers can be completely cut off Newstart if they refuse to attend unsafe work for the dole activities, even though 64% of sites are failing to meet basic safety standards. Job seekers will be forced to accept any dangerous, hostile conditions they're met with. And given that government funding to job agencies is tied to outcomes, such as placing participants into work for the dole, there's little incentive for job agencies to treat unemployed workers fairly. On the contrary, there are significant financial incentives to abuse unemployed workers, and already this abuse has reached crisis proportions. Jeremy writes that in 2015-16, job agencies imposed a record 2 million financial penalties on the unemployed. As noted by the National Welfare Rights Network, roughly half of the penalties were found to be unfair and were rejected by Centrelink. 
That means that in 2015-16, more than one million unemployed people had their payments cut off when they did nothing wrong. He says this kind of error rate is staggering. In any other sector, it would be surely result in a Royal Commission. Earlier this year, a suspected 5% error rate at the Australian Tax Office resulted in an immediate government investigation. Clearly, a culture of lawlessness and unaccountability already pervades the employment services sector. And under the new demerit point scheme, this $10 billion industry will enjoy even more freedom to run riot. And the 800,000 unemployed workers attending job agencies will be left to fend for themselves. Well, this is where we come into it, the Australian Unemployed Workers Union. We've put out a brochure that we've been handing out with volunteers um, around the country. And... uh, It says, get involved, join the AUWU for free and tell us your story. Like our Facebook page, and that will get you onto us as well. Call our hotline or send us a job agency inquiry or read our Unemployed Workers' Rights Guide on 03 8394 5266. And you can sign up to our job agency action group, which is unemployedworkersunion.com slash action group, or join your local branch unemployedworkersunion.com slash find hyphen local hyphen branch. Now, this is all about dumping your demerits and fighting back against unfair job agency and Centrelink penalties. And we have a whole range of ways to do this. Um, Some of the suggestions are that if you're struggling to cope or feel you're being treated disrespectfully by your job agency or Centrelink, Chances you are, because your rights as a Social Security recipient are being violated, but you do have rights. Okay, so these are the steps to dump your demerits. Keep a diary of all interactions, including audio recordings. Note dates, what was said, who said it, how they disrespected your rights. Complain in writing to the Department of Jobs and Small Business, your job agency, federal politicians, the media, and ASIC. These are carefully selected lists to complain to. Collect all complaints and evidence. You'll need this for your assessments and appeals. Remember, you're not alone. If you need help recording evidence or writing your complaint or making an appeal, get assistance from an AUWU advocate at our National Advocacy Service here. So, we found that um, at the AUWU, writing emails is the best way for unemployed workers to communicate with their job agencies as they are unable to use bullying tactics to derail the issue. It also provides a written record of your issue, which you can use later. So to follow these steps. Call your job agent and re-engage. Step two, what's your job agency done wrong? Step three, get your job agency email address. Step four, write a letter using one of our templates on our website Step five, send to Department of Jobs and forward to relevant persons. For example, dealing with a Centrelink penalty. You can request a review by an ARO and contact your local MP. Contact the AAT. Lodge a complaint with the Commonwealth Ombudsman. Dealing with a payment suspension. If you believe your job agencies either didn't make an attempt to contact you to determine if you had a reasonable excuse or unfairly rejected your excuse, you should challenge the penalty immediately. Write a letter using one of our templates. Contact our participation, the Centrelink participation team. Lodge a complaint with the DOE and the Ombudsman. Seek legal support and share experience with us. 
Okay, so the moral is complain early and in writing. So there'll be more of this and please get involved and uh, sign up to our Job Agency Action Group and um, we really need to fight back against unfair Job Agency Centrelink penalties and this is our campaign, Dump Your Demerits, working for everyone's right to dignified social security and employment. So important. Contact the Australian Unemployed Workers Union on unemployedworkersunion.com. So I'm talking to Owen Bennett, President of the Australian Unemployed Workers Union. How are you today, Owen? Hi, Bennett. Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Look, we've, we've got that terrific recording from the Julia Banks uh, rally from a couple of weeks ago uh, where we had so many people uh, bringing forward letters uh, so that Julia could design a budget for them on $40 a day, but she didn't come out of the room and nor did anyone else. And I was wondering what had happened since then. Are there any more plans for further campaigns outside her office? Um, at the moment, we're just trying to keep collecting those stories and we've, we've got a petition that we want to present to, to Julie Banks as well, asking her to either um, spend one week on Newstart or resign. And yeah. that, that petition is... Um, is doing quite well. We have 4,000 signatures for that petition and um, we encourage people to to go online to our, to our Facebook and um, have a look for that. It should be at the top of our Facebook page and sign that so we can really build some momentum and then hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll go back there and present her that petition and present her other people's budget stories and see if she, she'll come out of her office this time. Yes, I know part of my letter that I wrote said... Dear Julia Banks, I know your comment that you could live on $40 a day was probably something you now regret, and it was probably taken out of context, as your staff have pointed out. However, it shows that many politicians such as yourself are thinking of $40 a day as pocket money, presuming that rental, mortgages, transport, school fees, bills, etc. have all been taken out of the equation and paid for. And I'm just thinking of older people also, as well as young people, um, Owen, but not yet retirement age, but without employment trying to survive on New Start once their savings are used up. Imagine them in suburbs such as Burwood, where rents average $600 and property rates around 3000 per annum. Uh, it's really unbelievable, isn't it? And yet we don't have support, really, from the Greens or Labor or Liberal. Nobody's talking about New Start, are they? It was a flavour of the month for a little while, mm. and now it's gone away. But our job as the Unemployed Workers Union is to keep that on on the agenda and keep people thinking about what it would be like to live on a payment that's $350 per fortnight below the poverty line, but also think more broadly about why this system exists in the first place. Why is the government systematically impoverishing 800,000 people living on Newstart? Why are they doing that? Why are they making people go through all their savings and then have nothing left? And the reason is simple, Valerie. It's because they want to try to force people into the arms of dodgy employers because when when new start is low that may, that forces people to take anything they can possibly get in the in the labor market and those jobs are often cash in hand they're often dangerous they're often just really bad jobs um, that don't offer the conditions that people would expect and that's what a punitive approach to unemployed workers does it forces people into these crappy jobs very dangerous jobs and that has the overall effect of reducing 
the wages of everybody, having a strong downward pressure on, on real wage growth, on conditions across the whole labour market. And that's, that's the game here. That's, what, that's why the government is so intent on having a punitive approach to unemployed workers, whether that be low new start, whether that be with the Work for the Dole program, whether it be with drug testing or all these variety of different things that the government are coming out now at the moment with income management, um, there's just there's the punitive job agency system. There's so many elements of their attacks on unemployed workers. But the whole game here, Valerie, which is important to remember, is that it's not just an attack on unemployed workers, it's an attack on all workers because it plays a very important role in the labour market by forcing unemployed workers into the arms of really, really dodgy employers and forcing them to get work wherever they possibly can. And that benefits business, and it's a huge, huge attack on all workers out there. And that's why we need to try to broaden this struggle and bring in our comrades across all different um, sectors of the working class, which is what we're trying to do. Yes. Look, in um, the state government recently, um, our Premier has talked about um, large fines for companies who fail the OHS test in terms of their employees. And I wrote a letter to him saying, well, what, what happens to people on work for the dole? Because there's nothing, there's been nothing mentioned in that. And yet if those companies were fined enormous amounts, you'd think there'd be some changes, wouldn't you? Mm, yeah, and I, that's a really good point. It's the perfect example of, of how this government has two rules. It has one rule for people in employment and one rule for people out of employment. And this is designed to try and divide the working class into two groups, create the two-tier system. So people on work for the dole aren't considered workers, so they're not entitled to the same insurance, they're not entitled to the same protections, and they're not entitled to any wages whatsoever. So it's, um, it's essentially a forced labour program um, that the government acknowledges is dangerous. I mean, in their own report, they said 64% of these sites are, don't meet basic safety standards. And for me to thank Jerry Creaney, Pensioners, Veterans and Seniors Party, Paz Forgioni, Coordinator Anti-Poverty Network, Trish Posterino, my partner in crime, and Owen Bennett, President of the AUWU. Until next time, it's goodbye from me, Valerie Fafella, from Unemployed Workers Fight Back. See you soon.